0: Welcome to The Alternative. Radiated questions, virtual reality. Sponsored by ISEDN.org. Is there life beyond the big four search engines? Are webmasters spending more than they need to? Or leaving money on the table? What opportunities exist on the margins? Spend the next hour exploring paid and free alternatives to the major search engines. Now, step into The Alternative with your host, Jim Hedler.
1: Welcome to The Alternative. It's Thursday, July 19th. Uh, we have an interesting and uh, action-packed show for you. Um, we're going to have Mel Strosian from Jade Online. He's uh, Jade Online just released DropJack, a new social content network. Um, Mel's going to come on, talk a little bit about DropJack, and after that, after that, we have Murray Galbraith from the from the GameBoys dot com. He was just down at the E three conference, and he's going to talk about advertising in the video game market, where the where the online and uh, console gaming market's going, and He's going to talk about ad injection and uh, you know ways that marketers can get into using the, the growing gaming market. It's been a pretty interesting week. I've, we're joined by our co-host, Dave Davies. Dave, you on the line? I'm on the line. Excellent. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a neat week. Um, lots of changes around Google.
2: There have been, but if I can, I just wanted to launch into something because... Uh, because, well, I, I, was, I was just reading it again to, in prep for the show because I thought it was a, a very interesting thing. Uh, and on to uh, a slightly different engine. I happen to be reading um, something that you wrote uh, on Yahoo! Sacred Cows. Uh, I'm sure you know the article that I'm talking about. I'd, I'd recommend a good reading for, for all of our listeners here to go to Site Pro News uh, and read your article on that. Um, and I have a few questions for you that i 'd like to like to ask, which is why I wanted to jump straight into that one if that is uh is all right with you my friend
1: well sure yeah. uh sure I get far away' <laughs>
3: not, not a worry um
2: w i mean this this is just really uh, quite interesting I and mean, i love your i love your writing of I it mean, by the way very interesting um but I wanted to cover sort of some of um what you think is going to be happening um Happening in this field, I mean, what you wrote on it uh, touched on, on a number of, of sort of allusions or, or you know, uh, sort of general um, ideas. But what do you think is going to happen? I mean, as uh, as Yahoo oh. sheds, or that there are no sacred cows is, is what's being said. Um, they are going to be stripping out some things. Uh, and I'm really okay, interested to hear what you're...
1: Let's take a step back for a second and just sort of like let listeners know kind of what's going on with Yahoo and such. Um, Yahoo is uh, an, enormous, an, an, an enormous entity. Yahoo, by any other standard, would be considered one of the most successful um, online businesses of all time. <laughs> One of the fun things about working on live radio and working on the web is you get to exchange messages with future guests, and i just had to send a message to our next guest that it's coming up soon. Um, okay, back to Yahoo. Yahoo is an enormous entity. Yahoo has uh, extraordinarily extraordinary properties, extraordinary search results. Um, it's a great company. It's colors purple, and you've just got to love that. And it's measured by Google. <laughs> so <laughs> Yahoo is an amazing company behind the largest eight ball on the on the web. Um after seven years, um seven years, Terry Semmel, the former CEO of Yahoo, left the left the, the chief executive's chair and it was taken by founder Jerry Yang. Um Jerry Yang and Dave Philo founded Yahoo twelve years ago and you know it's um evolved before Google and then alongside Google um and is now again measured by its placement against Google. Um Yahoo can't catch a break. Every time it, it brings something new out, it's compared to a Google product, um, or it's picked to death because it should be better, or um, it gets out-competed, or it seems like a misstep. Um, Jerry Yang made a uh, posting to, to, to a general posting to anybody who's interested in Yahoo. was up on the Yahoo anecdotal blog um, a month after he took over the reins as CEO saying, We're reorganizing. He spent the last month meeting with people, and he's going to spend the next hundred days doing strategic planning. And after that, um, apparently, there's no sacred cows, and that's what that, that's where I was getting to. What does that mean exactly? Um, well, what are if there's no sacred cows? What does Yang mean about this? Are we talking about search? Are we talking about paid advertising? Are we talking about um, the the I. Uh, Growing Yahoo community or the Yahoo Publisher Network. Um, well, Yahoo is an enormous entity with a bunch of what often feel like separate divisions. You know, com- um, parts of the company working almost in exclusion of other parts of the company. Uh, we saw this with with um, the two different the two different photo sharing uh, Yahoo Photos and uh, Flickr. Um, we see this in, in a number of different parts of the, of, of the company. So if there's no sacred cows, what area is safe? And so that's what my article was, was getting into, and I had a lot of fun with the, with the sacred cow and the whole concept of being a big purple cow as a marketer So you've got to be a big purple cow to differentiate yourself from everybody else. But what about when you're the damn biggest purple cow in the field? Like, how do you, how do you stand out any more than you are, and why are you so invisible? So well, the article was getting at it. it's site for a news blog. It was a lot of fun to write and I'd love to get reader and listener feedback from it. Well, I think it was a, a really, really good article.
2: You made up a, a really interesting point there, um, which sort of plays uh, against Yahoo, as as you were discussing when you were chatting there, um, in that they have parts working to the exclusion of others, which is really a, a big um downfall of Yahoo. We rarely see that occurring with Google when, you know, they're integrating um, new services in or they're launching new products. Um, generally, these things are very streamlined and integrated in very easily, you know, depending on the, on the offering itself, how widely uh, it seems to vary. But um, they integrate these things in very seamlessly and, and very well, and, and you hit the nail on the head. Yahoo seems to have some
1: problems there. Um, and well, I noticed Well, Go ahead. Oh, I think that happened. That fragmentation happened because of sort of like the evolution of the two companies. Um, people got to remember Yahoo was founded over a decade ago, twelve years ago, um, before the dot com crash, before the first and second rounds of convergence. Um, before all that. Um, Google, on the other hand, really started coming of its own. Um, after 2001 i mean it was a going concern in 1999 and 2000 but it really started to grow as a, as a large company um, after after uh the dot com crash which like injured everybody except privately held google mm-hmm. um, and uh, yahoo was already a massive company at this time um yahoo saw the saw the wave of convergence that we're seeing now i mean what what we call web 2.0 and what we're going to be calling web 3.0 Really, that's just all about media convergence mm-hmm. and making the best use of applications to bring media to people. Right? Um, this is what Yahoo was seeing years ago, and they built a company ready to ready to exploit all of that, ready to get jump into movies and jump into music, and you know facilitate distribution of entertainment of entertainment product and news products, etc. But um, by the time they were actually ready to do it. Other, the, 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 the web is like, is like uh, uh, an energy network, an electricity network. Energy will follow the path of least resistance and the easiest place to go. Um, web users will use the easiest application. Yeah. Or the one that's there first, or the one that they get used to or, or feel some loyalty to. Um, Yahoo has always been a few seconds late, except with stuff like Flickr um, in exploiting that. But they'd grown to a massive company in the meantime, trying to go after all these different revenue streams. Google, on the other hand, they formed like the Borg. They just <laughs> grew and sprouted and, you know, took over a wide section of the Mountain View.
2: Yes. Now, what do you think is, if you had to hazard some guesses, what would you say are some of these, what do you think will be kept as the sacred cows, and what do you think uh, we can expect to see sort of being shed?
1: I have a hard time venturing a guess. Like um I mean there's obvious ones that are going to go. The the ones that are there's any overlap in products, obviously those divisions are threatened. Uh the weaker of the divisions are threatened. Um I but can't you had to say which will results. I can't see them giving up YSM. I can see them totally reorganizing the Yahoo Publisher Network and mm-hmm. uh reorganizing the, 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 product or the category offerings and product offerings that they, they give to publishers to distribute. Um, you know, Dave, I could go on for hours about this. I'm getting messaged by the booth. We got to, Mel Strosian's <laughs> on the line. I know he has a busy afternoon and, um, maybe we can jump back into more Yahoo talk in a few minutes, um, or towards the end of the show. But I think we got to get Mel on the, on the phone now, um, we're on the on the air now because, uh, well, it's it's almost ten after. I mean, we can just talk for hours about this stuff. <laughs> we sure good. <did.
3: laughs> um, All right. Well, let's you know, that, on to I the
1: think show. Mel is on the line right now. Um, so, just <laughs> shuffling right into into social networking. Um, we have Mel Stroshin. He's the the CEO of Jade Online, and Jade Online has, uh, in the last last week and a half released a new social uh, social network or social content networking application called Dropjack. Mel, welcome back to the alternative.
3: Hi, Jim. Good to be here.
1: Um, Dropjack, it's been it's been out for um, about ten days now. How's the uh how's the experiment going?
3: It's going very well. Um I wasn't sure what to expect when we when we launched it. Um, but, you know, first indications are that it's going to do extremely well.
1: There's uh I've 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 been involved in the site. I've actually posted a number of uh, articles from SiteProNews. dot com and from other places that I found out there. And I see uh, there's a, a growing number of users in there. Um, what is DropJack meant to serve? What's its purpose?
3: I mean, it's it's basically um, um, another social content site, and, and it's another forum for people who um, enjoy using social content sites to. Um, post and comments on news. Um, in that sense, I don't think it's that much different than some of the other social content sites out there, but we reach uh, a fairly broad audience through the Jade Online Network, and we felt it was time to get into uh, the social content area, and this was uh, our first shot at it.
2: Now, if I can jump in here. Hi, Mel. This is Dave. Hi. Um... Um... Hi. Um now what you would mentioned that it's it's a lot like um some of the other social content sites out there. Um now uh, of course through your network you have access to a, a very wide audience. Is that the major competitive edge that you're looking for? Um what is the difference? Like why why would I go to um dropjack as opposed to one of the other social content sites?
3: I I think um I mean, it's it's like any other area where you have competition on the net. Um, if if you provide a, a good service and a, and a good website that um, facilitates uh, promotion and interaction, uh, there's always an audience out there, and uh, we're not specifically trying to compete with any any other social content site. We're just we're just trying to get into the area and and. Um, Make our little mark.
2: Well, Data has mine uh, have uh, hundred thousand um,
3: subscribed readers.
1: Um, I know that for the, to at least to the sitepronews.com newsletter uh, or sitepronews newsletter. Um, are you finding a lot of those readers are moving over to DropJack, are starting to use it? Um, and when they do, what categories tend to be really popular with them?
3: I think DropJack. Uh, I mean, DropJack is uh, from from the Jade Online perspective is kind of um, a, a broadening of the concept that we that we launched with GoArticles.com. GoArticles is a lot more niche specific. It it basically caters to to writers. Uh, DropJack, like like Dig and other social content sites, um, allows regular surfers and, and uh, users to contribute as well. So, I mean, if they see a good, a good news item someplace that they think would be of interest to or value to other, other uh, members or other u- visitors, Dropjack is an excellent vehicle for them to um, uh, bring that to other people's attention. At this stage now, I know this is this is the
2: first iteration it 's just launched um, from the feedback you 've been getting thus far and, and i 've had a chance to use it it 's very simple to use, um, but are there some features that people have been recommending, or is there a direction that it 's headed in or, or things that we can expect to see from
3: Dropjack um, in the near future I think in, in the first in the first day after we launched it, uh, the first recommendation that users made was that uh, there were insufficient categories that they could submit to. So um, we added additional categories within uh, 24 hours of launch. Uh, there's a number of other features that we'd like to to add. I don't think these are particularly unique to the social content area, but uh, they'll be similar to what you see on DIG and some of the other sites, um, badges and buttons that will allow um dropjack members to um, post those buttons or, or badges on their site and allow visitors to vote for a particular story right from uh, right from a blog or a website. Um, now,
1: um, Mel I noticed er, that um go
3: ahead. Dropjack like
1: uh, like uh, a couple the other the content networks that have been set up recently was designed using Plig. How um how difficult or easy was it to configure and to to trick out the, the the software to make DropJack run the way that you
3: that you want it to? Well, uh, Plague of course is open source software. Um, I think I think the developers have done a, an excellent job of of developing a, a Dig like clone. Um, it is in beta, however, and, and as a result, there are uh, a number of bugs in it, and we had. We had our own programmers um, correct a number of the bugs. There were both security and uh, feature bugs in it. Um, So far, um, we think we've caught most of them. Um, We haven't received any feedback from users, at least that uh, there's anything that's not working. Uh, But it it took uh, probably about a a month and a half of... um, tweaking and modification
2: now if i could jump in here we, we've seen a, a number of things from from your network um you know site pro getting uh, a facelift and, and made in my opinion anyway a, a lot better um than it had been previously the introduction of of dropjack teams you know once every every month or two there's there's something coming out of your network that's new um can you give us a hint of of maybe what the next thing or you know i i'm Sure, you know, having having followed your network for a while, um, that this isn't sort of the final thing. As well, is there other things coming from uh, from the Jade network that might uh, might be of interest?
3: Well, there is. Um, I mean, DropJack is is our first foray into uh, the social content area, and we plan to move into more of a Web two point zero mode, um, assuming that you can define exactly what web 2.0 is another one of our upcoming efforts is a site called smart web gadgets which is a web widget site um... it's pretty much ready to launch as well we haven't formally launched it but um we have uh, probably twenty to twenty five gadgets or widgets on there that webmasters can incorporate on their websites so that will be our our second new site launch. Um, we'll probably be launching that officially within the next week or two. Um, there are a couple of other, uh, other websites that we're planning to launch that will be more um, Web 2.0 supplemental. That is, um, they will be sites that enable people who are involved in the um, Social content area to um, facilitate uh, news story submissions, um, submit to multiple uh, social bookmarking sites, that that type of thing.
1: Now, how do you um, how do you plan to promote DropJack um, to get it on other people to get buttons on other people's websites? To um, do you, do you have any specific specific plans or things that webmasters can do to help promote DropJack?
3: Well, our specific plans are are obviously to use our own um, databases, which are quite extensive. Uh, We did a small promotion to our GoArticles author database, uh, which went extremely well. GoArticles has about 40,000 authors that have registered. Um, So obviously they would be... um, quite interested in a a site like Dropjack because it gives them a secondary vehicle to promote their own websites and or content. Um, We will be promoting Dropjack, of course, to the SitePro News and SEO News databases. Uh, And we have two or three other databases of readers or subscribers that we'll be promoting it to as well. Um, As far as the the buttons and the badges go. I think it, it will be a, a, a viral um, marketing uh, effort that that grows on its own. It, you know, webmasters will it will gradually get added to various um, services, services like um, Adthis.com and others. Okay, and so the, uh,
1: DropJack is is targeted towards uh, uh, a very general audience as opposed to a much more specific audience um, um, like like the Danny Sullivan's Finn might be. Um, do you see DropJack being picked up by other websites or um, distributing information through widgets on other websites in the future?
3: I think that's certainly a possibility. And since we are building widgets, uh, at some point we'll be developing DropJack widgets. I'm not exactly sure. What those widgets will do or offer, um, virtually every every um, story or, or uh, news item in DropJock uh, is available via RSS feed, so those could easily be incorporated into a widget. Um, I mean, we didn't want to target a, um, a niche audience uh, like Spinded. Um We already targeted Several niche audiences. Primarily, we target the webmaster audience. So, we wanted to broaden our base a little bit. Hmm.
1: Well, um, DropJack is a is a as David as David said earlier. I've I, I've been using DropJack for, for about ten days. Um, little disclosure statement here. I I actually I work with Jade Online. I'm the editor of SiteProNews.com. Um, but I've been working with DropJack. It's it's a really easy system to use. It's uh, got a lot of great information in there on a, on a variety of subjects. And unlike some of those larger social networks, it certainly doesn't discriminate against search engine marketers or search engine optimizers. Um, dropjack.com, uh, as it's spelled, Dropjack. Uh, friends, go check it out. I'm um, being messaged from the, from the booth. We have to go to commercial, so we're going to be back with Murray Galbraith from the Game Boys. Um in about two minutes here on webmasterradio.fm. This is The Alternative with Dave Davies from beanstalk Inc. and myself, Jim Hedger, from sitepronews.com. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a sec. The
0: Alternative on webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back after this
2: short commercial break.
0: Are your domains working hard enough for you? Now, park your portfolio at RevenueDirect.com to maximize your earnings on traffic. With RevenueDirect's proven domain monetization service, you'll experience better payouts, more options, and smart optimization. Sign up free now at RevenueDirect.com. It's that easy. RevenueDirect. Make more money. Period. Today, $6 million, two
1: point two million dollars, $4 dollars, six million dollars. Then just kicking ass with the
2: main name, Monty, 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 Mon- money. Monty, and uh, what, what's uh, what's been your highest domain name sale? How much money was it for? It was approximately one hundred forty-four thousand dollars. About one hundred and fifty grand. That's correct. Okay, great. You have had eBay by Rent and shopping.com for a combined one point four billion dollars. Monty, 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 Monty. Be be the master of your domain. Literally, probably 90 days after buying it uh, for $80,000, Interbrew bought it for $7 million.
4: We appraised the property and helped get it sold for $3.4 million. It was the most valuable asset that they had, $6 million or $10 million on a domain name. When we sold autos.com for $2.2 million, people thought it was nuts, too.
0: (laughs) Domain Masters, only on Webmaster
2: Radio. Be the master of your domain.
0: And
1: now, transport back into the alternative on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host, Jim Hedger. Welcome back to the alternative here on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from SiteProNews.com and Dave Davies from Beanstalk-Inc.com, and uh, you know we're joined by Murray Galbraith from TheGameBoys.com or Game. Dash B O Y Z dot com, gameboys dot com. Murray's just back from E three, the E three conference, and he, uh, well, he came back very, he came, he came back like, uh, a guy who got his first Wii. That's what he came back like. How you doing, Murray? <laughs> Welcome to the alternative.
4: Oh, uh, hey, thank you, Jim. It's a pleasure to be on your your show today.
1: So, you just, again, well, we just start with, uh, actually, before we get into E three, um, What's the Game Boys? You guys have been around since the uh, early 90s or the mid-90s. Um, what is the Game Boys?
4: Well, Game Boys, we've been around since uh, 1995. Actually, we're one of the oldest, if not still the oldest, uh, independent uh, gaming web uh, websites on, on, the, on the Internet today. Um, basically, uh, what we do is we review and test uh, various uh, hardware and software as it pertains to the uh, to the gaming industry, so console, all the consoles and PCs, as well, we're breaking into wireless and communication and, and home theater products as as this whole world of uh, uh, home entertainment merges into one big uh, <laughs> one big entity. So now your Xbox 360, for instance, uh, you know plays movies, plays games, and plays TV.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, like, it seems it like this is the ultimate in convergence when you have your gaming, your entertainment, your uh, uh, telephone, um, really all your electronics delivered over the web. And there's a, there's a lot of, well, for want of a better word, convergence happening in the gaming industry as well, eh?
4: Yes, uh, convergence. Isn't that one of the most overused words of all time? <laughs> but, but, yes, you are very correct. Um, I'll just give you an example of say, what I do at home. Currently, I have a uh, Windows Vista machine. Um, I also have the Xbox 360. I have a TV tuner carded in my uh, Vista machine, and I also have a InFocus DLP projector. And from my 360, um, I can watch TV. I can, I, uh, via my computer, I can uh, record uh, TV programs. I can play games. I can access the radio. Um, and all these all these different pieces of electronic equipment are talking to each other, and and it's really quite a remarkable experience um, as compared to the old di- old days, sorry, where everything was standalone. Where if you wanted to do something, you'd have to get up, turn it off, turn it on, turn it on, you know, go through this whole process. But now, um, Microsoft's, I guess, uh, you know, all .dot NET philosophy is really starting to come to fruition, with, especially with the, the 360 and and the of Vista, I, I'm so impressed with Vista. I know a lot of people out there, you know, humming and hana. but I, I love the I love the, uh, the OS. I think it's an excellent addition, especially especially for PC gaming and uh, cross-platform uh, gaming. I think that's a big part of the process that um, the other the other console manufacturers and PC uh, uh, OS companies they really don't have a grasp on. Before we go any further,
1: hey Dave, screw poker yeah. night, man. We're going over to Murray's place. That <laughs> sounds like way more fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Murray, yeah, they, with screen. This, this is like the, the the outcome of the of the .NET framework, or or this was one of the one of the quiet targets of the of the .NET framework. Is, is that what you're saying?
4: Um, I th- I think that is a pretty accurate statement.
1: Because for a while it seemed like it just vanished. .Net was everywhere. 2001, 2002. .Net was everywhere. You had Microsoft executives flying around, flying around the world, talking about the .Net framework, and then suddenly it vanished.
4: Um, well, one of the things was that they were having problems, you know, making everything connect. And I, what, I, what I mean by .Net, I'm really talking more about a philosophy than a, an actual description. You know, the technical description of something. The .Net mm-hmm. philosophy being where everything is connected, right? And Vista, Vista really opened up that world uh, because right now, um, if it's an XP, uh, XP Pro, whatever have you, OS, my, uh, Windows uh, software you have on your computer, um, yes, there there is that um, cross-platform capability, but it, it wasn't really as sophisticated as, as is now. So what we have now is the ability to, I don't want to sound like a, a Microsoft spokesperson here uh, as well. But what we do, have, what we do have now is this um, functionality between different OSs, different platforms, and this is sort of the .NET philosophy, where I could sit down on my computer right now and start up a game of Halo 2 or Shadowrun and play against somebody who's on their 360 on the other side of the world, um, or Journal minus three hundred and sixty. Watch the TV. So you get this this convergence, this this .dotnet philosophy is really starting to come to fruition. M
1: mm-hmm. S mm-hmm. 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 Web Infinity O. Oh.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, is this making
2: it easier? Well, I sort of got a two edged question here. Is this convergence making it easier for developers? I, I assume the answer there is yes. Um, and assuming that I am correct in that, is it making it easier for because we can advertisers can advertise in two games and and put product placement in two games? Um, is this making it easier and more effective an advertising method um, because there's this this convergence and and the ease of getting something across multiple platforms or you know really onto one is is almost enough at this point. Um, is that making it easier for advertisers who would be using this as a, as a means of getting their brand out?
4: Okay, I'd I quickly like to address it sort of in, in, in two sections here. One, uh, ease of use. Uh, that was uh, one of the big things when I met with uh, the folks at uh, Microsoft and their games, games for Windows folks. That was one thing that they're really pushing with developers, especially with Vista, because one of the biggest turnoffs everybody knows is you load up a game, oh, my God, drivers, next thing you know, you're searching out all over the Internet, trying to find something, you know, trying to make your, uh, your install work. Um, as compared to a console, you just put the game in, woof, and away you go, right? So Microsoft's really pushing for the uh, publishers to uh, uh, make their, their installation process more solid, and they're, they're working very keenly with them. In regards to advertising, um, the funny thing is, is it's always been there. and and how how, uh, efficient it is. Um, Actually, I think last year um, there was $56 million uh, spent on in-game advertising by uh, various publishers, and they forecast it to increase to $1.8 billion um, by 2010. Well, that Um, makes
1: more sense. I mean, $56 million seems like a a rather low figure, um, at least I think to the audience that that... that that we're speaking to um, from the, from the search marketing world, um, what we're interested in, I, I think, at, uh, at least in relation to search, is um, ad injection, lifetime ad injection into gaming, and, I, and Microsoft has been talking a lot about this in the last uh, over the last two or three years. And um, I was, uh, I think, Jennifer Sleg Jensen um, made a speech at an SES conference. It um, could have been in New York about. Um, or, or, in Chicago, about about video injection into gaming, into games. What, what to say to that, Murray?
4: Well, I think it's been. A, if you look at the history first, if you look at sort of that static in-game, in-game advertising, um, it's always been there. Like I mentioned, um, it's been there uh, for uh, basically since uh, the early inception of gaming. In fact, if you look at some of the very er- early games like uh, Chupa Chops, um, in the background. Um, they had in the, that was the 1992 computer game. There was a um, an advertisement for one of their games called Zoo. Um, and then in 1994, uh, FIFA uh, for their uh, um, soccer game um, had EA um, uh, an Adidas uh, billboard on the sidelines of the uh, of the uh, the field. And it, it's always been there. But now they're starting. But that was in the early stages. Now they're starting to look at not only just the, uh, the benefits of the ad revenue but it actually um, it has some great dynamic uh, capabilities and, uh, for one is if you look at um, the starwood hotels and resorts um, they did a really interesting uh, especially in the virtual awards and, uh, worlds and, and then ORPGs, and starwood hotels did a great um, uh, what they did is they established a uh, a loft hotel within Second Life. It's a, a virtual world game, and then from that, <laughs> okay, seriously, from that, they in took, case you need to rest, pardon, nothing, right? Oh, sorry. From that, they took the um, the input that they got from gamers, and they are are going to um, implement those uh, those changes into the real world. Version of the uh, Aloft Hotel, which is not scheduled to open till 2008, so they're actually using the a video game as a focus group to help develop their product, um, which is being uh, their hotel, which is being released in 2008. Um, another great one is an um, EverQuest 2. It actually has a in in-game command line function to order from Pizza Hut.
1: Oh my! You've got to be kidding! Really? No, oh, I'm serious. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's all
4: these it's amazing, it's amazing, and this,
1: Can you order this? pizza for your kids too. Um, <laughs> sure, why not?
4: <laughs> it, this is great stuff. I mean, the the interactivity, the uh, the advancement of advertising. Um, it's just we're, we're at the tip of the iceberg, right? Especially when you start talking virtual words, worlds and, and things like that.
3: And then once you get into this
4: .NET philosophy, where everything's talking to each other, communication—oh, it's just—I'm so excited, as you could probably tell. I think I think the, the gaming industry is really on uh, poised to go to uh, sort of the next level. It's, it's a bit of a it's like the butterfly coming out of the uh, cocoon.
1: Well, you were just down at at E3. Um, what is the next
4: level? Well, right now the industry is um, is in maintenance. So basically, you know, Nintendo, they took a big jump last year by introducing the Wii. It was actually a very risky process. Um, So when they launched the Wii, um, you know, the software, there were a lot of software titles. There could have been more, but, you know, everyone was a little nervous, you know, waiting to see what what would happen. Um, Now that the Wii has, you know, garnered such huge uh, acceptance in the market, um, you know, the, the software developers are, are jumping on, you know, starting to see more social gaming. Uh, I saw some great, great games down there, you know, virtual Rockstar games, you know, for the DS, the Wii, the 360. Um, very excited about um, Sony. You know, it's always, they were the, the dominant player in the market for so many years. Um, it was good to see them sort of lose some of that market share because I think competition is... Um, Extremely valuable because what it does is it helps uh, spur uh, development, new games, new ideas, new thoughts, and I think Sony really needs to, uh, uh, to, to feel that again. Um, but one thing I'm very excited about with the PS3 is they they have a lot more proprietary titles. Um, when it first came out, not too many people were making uh, uh, games for the strictly for the PS PS3 games that they they could call their own. But I'm glad to see that. Uh, Glad to see some of these titles are, are coming out for them. Uh, Xbox 360, uh, very impressed at their their lineup. Very very solid games. I think overall, um, the the game developers are really uh, adapting well to the new uh, to the new console platforms and developing some very very solid uh, uh, product. As in the past, you know, you may have one or one out of every ten games was actually a, a really good game. Now we're starting to see, you know. Four to six games out of ten that are really solid performers, and it, it, it goes to the numbers as well too. I mean, if you look at uh, what people spent on uh, on video games last year, I think it was seven point four billion dollars.
1: Oh geez, yeah, it's bigger than Hollywood, isn't it?
4: Oh, it's 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 almost there. I, it, it's close. I mean, they're running neck and neck. But if you think about it, that's still you know seven point four billion dollars. That's a lot of lot of lot of people sitting in front of their TVs sets or their monitors or their
1: their big- so, Murray, before we go to break, I just wanted to uh, quickly get in. And, and uh, Murray's going to be back when we come back from break. But um, I wanted to quickly get in one more question. Has the development of the Wii changed prototypes or developments from, from other uh, video video game console makers?
4: Very good question, Tim. Um, I don't – it hasn't, really, because each, each manufacturer is kind of going for their own niche, right? Um, mm-hmm. Microsoft. They're really focusing in on this Xbox Live, right? This multiplayer online .NET philosophy. Nintendo's really focusing in on in-game experience, right? Uh, they're not really focusing a lot on uh, network network play. They do have some products that you can play, you know, head-to-head over the Internet, but that's not their philosophy. Their philosophy is to you know, get you up and moving and, you know, sweating, right? Not sweating from sitting down and being overweight, sweating from actually standing up and moving um sony um they're kind of in the middle right now they're um they're online present well you know it's not that strong yet um what they're trying to do is go for more um you know sit down watch uh playing on your tv playing on your you know big screen or projector and and uh that type of gameplay nintendo more interactive hands-on jumping up and down Microsoft or you know uh, online network multiplayer um, no one can touch uh, Microsoft for that no one can touch uh, Nintendo right now for uh, sort of that uh, in game uh, experience and, and Sony's kind of in the middle right now so I, I think with Sony it's going to be a very interesting period in the next couple of years
1: well we have to go to break now Murray um, you're going to be sticking around for a few more minutes um, Folks, we'll be back with Mary Galbraith from GameBoys.net. Um, this is Jim Hedger and Dave Davies for The Alternative on Webmaster Radio. We're sponsored by the ICDN.org, and we'll be back after these after these uh, commercial messages. The Alternative
2: on WebmasterRadio.fm. We'll be back after this short commercial
0: break. search engine is let your servers into overdrive it's webmaster steering you into the winner's circle webmaster we're everywhere Know how to get the best return on your advertising dollar? ClickSore.com. Yeah, ever since we began marketing with more precise content, target technology from ClickSore.com, we've seen a huge jump in visitors converting to buyers for just over one-third of a cent per view. To get over 300 categories, unlimited keywords and ad placement on over 100,000 sites, click on ClickSore.com today. That's clicksor.com. Your bottom line will thank you. ClickSore.com delivers where it matters for you. Rose by any other name Would still be the same Move on And now, now, transport back into the alternative on WebmasterRadio Here's your host, Jim Hedger.
1: Wow, well, back in the nick of time. You know, they keep us on a really short leash here on uh, on Webmaster Radio to uh, to properly do these shows. We have to be on a landline. They don't you're not able to use cell phones or headsets or um, portable phones because that seems to. Mess up with the, with the sound quality. Um, you guys caught me just on my way back from the kitchen to make a make a coffee. I got this really long phone cord so I can go all around the all around the house to uh, to do the show. But I'm back in the nick of time. We're joined back uh, with Marie Galbraith from the Game Boys and um, Marie. Let's just jump right back into it. I'm still I'm still stuck on ad injection directly into games. Um, I remember hearing uh, again Jensen talking about. Um, new movies um, being being updated on the marquee of a movie theater. If you're in a, in a game like Max Payne or uh, a first-person shooter where there's an urban scene, they're actually going to... Uh, Microsoft specifically is actually going to be able to feed advertising onto like the billboard in the video game. When you were at E3, did you see or hear anyone talking about stuff like that?
4: Um, it wasn't really discussed uh, that much this year at E3. Um, everyone was focused on more of getting the message out of the games. Um, the actual sort of in-behind-scenes uh, alternative business aspects to uh, revenue generation for a particular title was not discussed that heavily. Ty- typically, E3 is a fair- fairly uh, fluffy affair. Um, so it, they didn't get too much into the specifics. That being said, um, I've discussed this this issue with with some of the folks out there. And, and, and there's some mixed... There's some different opinion. Um, some some people are using this uh, in in line uh, in game uh, advertising to help uh, develop products uh, of their own of their own uh, um, their own line. Currently, they're also looking at ways to uh, promote um, uh, new titles coming out. Um, one thing that um, I, I found quite uh, interesting is that uh, say, SWAT. Uh, SWAT uh, 4, uh, was uh, done by uh, Rational Games in, in 2005, featured dynamic in-game uh, adverts uh, delivered by uh, Massive Incorporated, um, and these these advertisements were used to p- uh, publicise uh, forthcoming you know television shows, um, say targeted at, at, the, at the American audience. Um, these these games would this these time and locations uh, uh, advertisements would not have been that effective if they were delivered through a, uh, a static in-game advertising campaign. So dynamic in-game advertising is, is extremely, um, seems to be sort of the, the next generation before where they would just sort of hard code an ad into a game, and away you go. But nowadays, nowadays you get into these virtual worlds and, and such. Um, you know, you have, say, Sony. Um, Sony will have you know their BMG line, um Predominantly uh, displayed in their in their, uh, in their uh, uh, virtual worlds um, in, in Second Life as well. You'll find that uh, Toyota is involved in some of these programs. You know, there's Nike camp, you know, Nike campaigns, uh, which was uh, uh, through a virtual online world. Um, so you're starting to see a lot of these manufacturers starting to utilize uh, the the virtual worlds, the uh, the the dynamic nature of the new games out there because right now. Uh, you can download. There's always updates um, for for the game. If for instance, if you log on with Xbox 360, um, those games are continuously being updated uh, via via the internet. Um, and what that allows the companies to do is to you know insert insert new ad uh, ad campaigns and take out old ones. So it, the the virtual worlds become a lot more dy- dynamic. And also, as well, some of the static games can be dynamic as well too. So if say you took. Uh, uh, you know Madden 2008, right? You, know, you could have uh, some ads on the side of the buildings, and for instance, you know, six months into the uh, game, all of a sudden a new advertiser comes on, comes along. What they'll do is they'll add it to the update, so when you log on or uh, load the game, um, that new advertise that new ad will be uh, deposited right into the game and replace the old one. Um, some of the companies are starting to pay for this type of interactivity. Um, like I say, this is just in the middle of the, the, the growth period uh, for this type of um, ad, ad campaign. So the industry is kind of waiting, it's a bit of a wait and see because uh, some some places, they um, they don't look at it as a, uh, a revenue-generating, uh, some games don't look at it as a revenue-generating opportunity. What they're looking at is it's, it's giving you a sense of the real world. And what I mean by that is if you go to a a soccer game, a football game, whatever, a hockey contest. There's all those on the boards. There's all, you know, you see all the adverts ringed around the the ice rink or the football field or whatever have you. That, if you had a game and there was none of that there, you lose a bit of a certain je ne sais quoi about the the game. So by having it in there, it adds a more lifelike realism. And a lot of publishers now are looking at that as not so much as a way to generate money, but just a way to... To, to make it more uh, realistic to the to the average player.
2: Now, what would you? We, we've seen over the over the history of, of, you know, a recent history at least of web publishing. Um, a lot of the web publishers switching from a pay for content model to an advertising. I mean, how many web publishers have AdSense on their sites, for example, to generate the revenue that way, as opposed to actually trying to charge for the content that they're displaying on their sites. Um, would you predict over the next few years that we'll start to see this um, in the gaming market with a, a lot more, especially of the online type games where we can be generating ads basically on the fly and, and changing these you know, virtually with each user and, and each, each experience changing the ads that are displaying for them? Um, would you predict that we'll start to see um, game producers generating these games not really for the actual sale of the game, but rather to generate the revenue that they can. Uh, and I'm thinking specifically of, of Microsoft here, but uh, I'm sure all the all the game. You know, once the first one does that, the price point is set, and all the rest are going to have to follow. Um, would you see this as a as an evolution through uh, into the gaming
4: market? I, I think it'll be uh, evolving into the gaming market, but I think uh, mainly the um, the Revenue generated will probably be used to offset the um, development costs. Okay, I don't think it's going to be a big revenue generator once the game goes live. There has been some pushback by the uh, um, um, by the market, as as exhibited by um, uh, Battlefield EA when they launched uh, Battlefield 2142. They had some pretty aggressive advertising in there, and it, it, it they took a lot of heat. They took a lot of heat from the uh, uh, from the fan base, you know, saying, hey, look, don't over-commercialize this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you're right that we'll see more, but I think the revenue generated by it is not going to be as, as high, it's not going to be huge a huge amount, because it adds realism, right? Uh, the publishers need it, need that type of advertising in their game to keep things realistic, right? Because people are demanding... Um, especially in the on, you know, you're playing Grand Theft Auto or something like that, I mean, that's a fairly realistic atmosphere. So they need to have, you know, the Coca-Cola billboard, right? Or all the billboards in the, in the city need to be, they need to look like the real thing. Now, I think where you'll see the, the, the ad revenue will actually go against, uh, to defer some of the development costs. And I think what it's really going to end up doing is spur... Um, for new development in the industry, new games. Well, so I think well, want to get into Marie.
1: Um, like as, as we were saying earlier, um, uh, game the gaming revenues are, are rivaling those of of Hollywood. Um, so, gaming production values are are very very high. These um, gaming companies are starting to attract like top rate animat- animation and executive talent. i as a matter EA Games just uh, got a major steal from from Microsoft this week. Um, what is As the cost I heard of developing these games? games. here? <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 Mary, seriously, what is the cost of developing these games, and is advertising really a viable deferment to, to those costs?
3: Um,
4: you know, the cost re- really depends what type of game you're, uh, you're developing, right? You know, everybody wants, you know, the big blockbuster, right? You know, a big blockbuster game will bring in, you know, 20, 50, you know, up to 100 million dollars. Okay. the the development cost on a lot of these games can be in the you know the, the single digit millions and you know tens of millions dollars depending on you know the franchise being uh, uh, being used you know movie, movie titles movie title games notoriously hor- horrible um, in regards to uh, um, popularity. Now that being said, the there's many games out there that, you know as the developers come along as as they develop they usually typically start out with a small game a simple game they develop it a publisher like Microsoft comes along and says well you know hey we're interested in your product we're interested in what you do make us a you know a simple product that we can add on say, uh, Xbox uh, live now here here's a good stat for you what do you think is the number one uh, type of onlay online game played though No idea. card, solitaire. Solitaire, Microsoft, or um, Minesweeper. Yeah, puzzle, board, and game show and trivia, right? Eat up, that takes uh, 50% of the total online gaming market, okay? So it's not the huge, uh, you know, Zeldas of the world. It's not the, you know, the Halo 3s. It's not the Metal Gear Solid. It's all the simple stuff, right? So game development can um, range... Vary so much in cost from the from the very the very small to the very large, and I think what you'll find is with the advertising, what they'll try and do is they'll try and use the ad dollar that they can generate from the big franchise games like Halo 3, you know, Metal Gear Solid, you know, Madden 08. They'll try and use that maybe to defer some of the development cost of that game or some of their titles that they're bringing on board from smaller smaller developers.
1: What's the competitive environment like between the major gaming houses now?
4: Extreme. <laughs> <laughs> like you just said, uh, EA uh, snapped up a person from Microsoft and knowing what uh, Mr. Bomber does. I'm sure there was a chair flying around somewhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a real-life one, not one of those second-life chairs. Like, it yeah, a real uh, one. Yeah. Um, very competitive, right? Um, the funny thing is, Microsoft, Sony, they, they don't make any money on the hardware, okay? Nobody make, nobody gets rich. In fact, most of them probably lose on on their hardware. Where the money is made is in licensing, okay? So they make their money on someone coming to Microsoft and saying, I developed a game. I want it to go on your 360. They say, okay, well, we want X amount of dollars. You know, we want a certain percent, and away you go. So it's a very competitive word out th- uh, world out there because... There is no money in hardware sales. It's all software sales. So if you have a title and you release it, it has to produce, right? If it doesn't produce, um, you're, you're losing a lot of money. Um, you'll find that Nintendo, since they're so niched, um, if I remember correctly, their, their, licensing, uh, uh, their, their licensing dollar just went through the roof with uh, the Wii. I'll give you a stat for Sony. Uh, the PlayStation 2, up to I think about two years ago, accounted for more, about 40. I think it was about 48 percent of Sony's overall profit, and they didn't make dime one off the hardware. It all came from licensing. So yeah, incredible. It's extremely, extremely competitive because there's a, you know, the consumer wants to play games. The consumer
1: well, has well, his. Hmm, sorry. I'm sorry, Murray. We're we're I'm getting a message again from the booth. We are running out of time. It's five to the top of the hour. and I told you of time. would go pretty fast, eh? Um, I got I got I got a question. I think is on everybody's minds. Um, well, one very serious question and one more frivolous question. But um, first, a serious one. Look, I've been I've been getting at in injecting advertising and and, and getting into the video game advertising market um, very quickly. Can you tell our listeners? where if if they're interested in in pursuing video game advertising where are they looking Who are they talking to where's where's the best direction to to, to research
4: um well uh, google <laughs> google always. Talk, talk, yeah, always google always or yahoo or msn um uh, talk uh, google up the ESA is is a great uh, is a great uh, uh Resource for people who are trying to, you know, understand the uh, the gaming industry um, in regards to uh, in-game advertising. Some of the some of the bigger ad firms um, around are are starting to delve into this, um, delve into this side of the business. Um, contacting the uh, you know Microsoft, Sony, and, and Nintendo themselves, uh, looking looking at the developers. Look at uh, say Epic, you know, Epic Games, uh, uh, Valve. And, you know, all the people who are EA, people who are developing the games, is going to their websites and actually uh, contacting the people directly. I've always been a firm believer, you know, if you want something done, you, you, know, you go to the source. So you look at the games that are, you know, uh, sort of wor- world environments, you know, where you, you know, you're walking around, you've got buildings, you've got interactivity, you've got a virtual world where um, and those types of people, uh, those types of games um, will require... Some sort of uh, advertising uh, in, in the future. Don't get too excited about you know being the next million dot com millionaire uh, over this uh, advertising process because I personally don't think it's going to be uh, uh, as big as as, uh, as uh, the billion dollar industry they forecast. But it's definitely going to uh, bring some uh, uh, bring some new things out in, in the industry.
1: Okay, well, speaking of new things that are supposed to be coming out in the industry and everything old is new again, where the hell is Duke Nukem? <laughs> <laughs> hey! Like, this is like, where's Waldo? Except, like, uh, uh, it's, he, he, you just can't find the guy.
4: Do you remember Commodore? Huh? Yeah, Commodore. Does, how many yeah. people out there have a Commodore C64 buried deep in their closet? Raise their hand. Okay? <laughs> Count about 500 yeah. Okay, guy in the back, there's 501. I met with the folks from Commodore. Commodore is coming back, and it's coming with back with a screaming vengeance. Duke Nukem? No. No Duke no. Nukem. Duke Commodore, Nukem. you want to blast no us Commodore is coming out. It's replacing, it's sort of taking the void up where Alienware was. Alienware yeah. got swallowed up by Dells now the suit. Commodore is, you know, they've got that the independent look and feel about them. they got it great brand and you should see these pcs that these guys are coming out with they are they are the bomb if you're There's into gaming like Home i am
1: is coming out with a new line of pcs and they're trying to to resurrect their brand
4: well they're not only resurrecting the brand but it's really see one of the big things i was very excited about this year at e3 was the resurrection of pc gaming okay um i've just actually got on my desk a 360 wireless uh a handheld controller that I can go from my 360 play a game and I can turn around and look at my computer I can play a game with the same uh, same controller uh, crisis the game crisis there are so many games now that are coming out for the PC that are going to be you know cross platform capable and the um, the load you know installation is extremely easy the gaming is phenomenal and is really resurrecting this uh, this PC gaming industry which is kind of been you know behind the console industry for a few years now but with cross-platform capabilities dot net philosophy pc gaming is back it's i I'm, I'm so excited about this pc gaming industry i could go on for another show on just just on the on the uh advancements in the last well, to be
1: honest marie you may you may have to go on for another show because
4: uh, it's the top of the hour bro we're out of time
1: okay. um, there's another show coming right up the back end so uh we're we're gonna have to slide off pretty soon, but um, I want to yeah, thank you Jim. for being on the alternative and for 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 sharing your 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 wisdom and experience at ae 3 with us, friends. That was uh, Murray Galbraith from GameBoys.com. dot com. That's G A M E dash B O Y Z dot com. Um, Dave, we, Jim, we we did it. We, we filled another hour again somehow.
2: Bu- before we head out, I would just like to give. Uh, I, I think. We both would. Uh, give a bit of a, a shout-out to Brian and Neo and the uh, SEO 101 crew. Welcome them to Webmaster Radio. You and I had the, the pleasure of uh, being interviewed on their inaugural show, which was on this morning. And um, well, yeah, an additional
1: shout-out to Seashell, who didn't join us on that show, but um, but is part of the crew, too. Excellent.
2: Excellent. It, uh, it looks like it's going to be a good show, and, uh, yeah, it's geared towards uh, sort of people just entering into the search uh, SEO uh, industry. So, I'm sure some of our listeners would be interested, and it looks like it's going to be a good show with a with a knowledgeable team. Did you Did you hear our episode?
1: Did I hear it? Yes, I have. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you have heard it, so, so you know we it sound like on the radio. Eh? Yeah, I don't like it, but there we go. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> um, oh Christ! Um, we're done, folks. It's, it's been uh, Eddie just changed the topic to Webmaster Radio, which had terrific. Like I said, <laughs> oh Christ. It's 3 o'clock Pacific Time, 6 o'clock Eastern Time. This is uh, Jim Hedger from SlateProNews.com and Dave Davies from Beanstalk-Inc.com. We're on The Alternative, sponsored by the ICDN.org, here on WebmasterRadio.fm. Check us out next week from uh, switching Strategies Travel Show in Seattle, um, and stick around for the next show. Thanks a lot, folks.